Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far... I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. George Norrie along with Russ Baker. Russ Marina Oswell, who's not Oswell anymore, she's since been remarried, is now 82, still lives in Texas, and has basically admitted that after she talked to the Warren Commission that she thought Lee might be guilty, has backtracked a lot and doesn't think that he was part of it at all. What do you think? Uh, she, yes, yeah, she uh, does not believe that uh, uh, that he was involved. Uh, uh, although, although uh, she doesn't know what was what. You know, you have to remember that she was. Uh, a, a teen when she met him, you know, uh, and as she points out, I mean, he, he was 24 years old when he died. I mean, most of us, I mean, what have we even done by the time we're 24? I mean, this guy had gone, you know, around the world. He'd done all kinds of things and, and he was already, uh, accused of killing the president of the United States and dead. So she doesn't know, um, um, but she, uh, doesn't believe that, uh, that he would have done that. Um, she understands that. He may have been involved in something, and uh, my evidence, based on the many years of research I've done, is that he was involved in something, but what he was involved in is something quite different. And another article on our website, whowhatwhy.org, O-R-G, uh, is uh, a very interesting article about um, uh, Lee Oswald going, leaving the Marines, getting a, a discharge, and then uh, going uh, in a rush to the Soviet Union. And, of course, that has been used to say, well, he was a leftist, but mm -hmm. all you have to do is look at that to see that he had inside information on how, to, how you get in to the Soviet Union. And we write all about that. He knew things that nobody knew uh, about how to get right in there, and, and there was something going on. Um, they had a thing called the False Defector Program. They were sending, uh, because the U.S. lacked uh, uh, intelligence assets on the ground in the Soviet Union, they urgently needed them. Uh, and so, uh, by all indications, a number of people, uh, uh, servicemen and others, uh, were, were, were being sent in there, and it looks like that's what Lee was doing. And I think Marina is aware 
of that distinct possibility. Under the guise of being a double agent or something like that, when they're really working for the United States government. Yeah, and of course the Soviets were no dopes, and so when a guy like him shows up, they immediately suspect he's an agent. And so this, George, is a, this kind of cat and mouse game. In other words, they're putting these people in there to sort of feel everything out. They want to see uh, who approaches you. You know, uh, who talks to you? Does the KGB approach you? You see? And so they're, 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 they're putting him in, they're putting these people in as a probe to start monitoring the situation on the ground. Absolutely. And I mean, there's just so much to, uh, Mark Shaw got involved heavily in the Dorothy Kilgallen uh, death. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, there, one doesn't want to rush to judgment, but there were so many people looking into things, saying things. Uh, I mentioned to you, uh, and, and I know that she uh, died uh, 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 in, under strange circumstances, but so did literally uh, dozens, scores of people. And as you know, I'm working on another book. I've been working on a Kennedy book now. It's good. By the time it's finished, it'll have been at least a couple of decades. Uh, but but and, I, and I am far along. But in that book, I'll be describing a lot of these strange deaths. Uh, very, very weird, the timing. Many of them, mm-hmm. as they were about to be called in to testify to subsequent investigative panels, this man, George DeMorenschild, uh, who was squiring Lee Oswald, was, was being, uh, had just received a subpoena to come to Washington and testify, and he supposedly uh, went home, a man who we know was scared of guns, and somehow took a shotgun, which is not easy to do, and supposedly blew his own brains out. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you got some questions there. Is he the guy that Jim Garrison was investigating? Uh, no, no, you're talking about Clay Shaw, I think. Okay, I know yeah, Clay Shaw was by, one of them. And by the way, Clay Shaw, that's a whole other story about this group in New Orleans around Lee Oswald. Uh, and, and, you know, Clay Shaw, we, you know, have records showing that he was tied to the CIA. So, I mean, the CIA is all over this thing. The FBI is all over this thing. I mean, those people who insist to this day, and that's most of our of our media, uh, insist that the official story that it was Oswald, a disgruntled leftist. I mean, it's it's not not even a child should believe this stuff. I mean, the evidence is it's so overwhelming. It's right in front of us. You have to be really, really in denial to still buy that. Whoever packaged Oswald as the possible assassin did a good job doing that, didn't they? They did a great job. And then going back to that building, uh, just to, to briefly, um, and, and again, people can read this on who, what, why dot org, all the detail. But, uh, you know, as I continue to look at this Harold Byrd, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know how involved or what his involvement was, but obviously, uh, as I say, close friend of Johnson, uh, offered this building. Uh, Johnson's people pushed for a route where they, where the Kennedy's car went right by the building. Um, a uh, bird allows this company to move in. The company hires Oswald. And by the way, they hire Oswald. And they're a textbook company. They ship textbooks to the schools. They ship mainly once a year. It was like a warehouse, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so the orders come in, and they ship their orders out. And the orders go out, you know, basically uh, in the early summer. They go out so that the uh, the school districts have the books when school starts. But uh, what you see is. Um, that that uh, they they have very few uh, order pickers, but they they hire Oswald, and uh, 
I found a oral history account with the the, uh, the the widow of the man who owned the book company that hired Oswald, and she says, yeah, well, we usually laid off our people because there really wasn't much business this time of year, but my, my, my husband met Oswald and uh, it seemed like a nice fellow, and they said, well, let's try to give him some work, and they said they were giving him work laying flooring. Laying flooring and very interesting. What was going on the week of November 22? They were ostensibly laying new floors on the sixth floor of the school book depository. Interesting, interesting. Did people like him? You know, here's another interesting thing, George. And I've talked to many, many people who knew him, including this uh, interview we have on on Who What Why with his friend from Russia, and they liked him. And this man says that the portrayal of him as a nasty fellow, as a loner. Uh, eccentric. He says it's bull. He says this guy was friendly. He was intelligent. Uh, he was well read. He loved to uh, discuss a philosophy and politics and history and literature and music. Uh, that he was, uh, uh, he describes him as a very uh, likable, uh, grounded person. So completely, completely the opposite. If you read the Warren Commission, they, they find these people come up there and they talk about him being violent and this and that and you know it doesn't seem to be true we started talking about this incident drugs and uh, officials cover up <laughs> you couldn't believe it from iheart podcasts it's like the police knew who he was before they got here a story about money power and corruption the medical school dean at usc was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, 
personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think, it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Two things confuse me about Oswald. One is the J.D. Tippett police officer situation where Oswald apparently shot him to death and was picked up and arrested in a theater. What was that all about? Well, it's it's hard to know, and certainly uh, I put, as many others have, a lot of time into this over the years. Uh, the, the best I can figure out, and, and again, this is just based on a, a, a whole sort of constellation of factors, is that, you see, the, the, the Tippett shooting was critical because, see, nobody saw Oswald shoot Kennedy. There were no eyewitnesses. No, none. So, so how would you say it was Oswald? Well, they said they found his gun, but that's a whole other thing. I don't know if you remember that, but they held up a, a rifle, and it was identified as a 7.65 Mauser. And and all the news articles say that the Mauser was found in the warehouse. By the next day, they were saying it was a Manlick or Carcana. Well, excuse me. You know, these guys are sheriffs and police. Many of them were gun experts, and they held up the gun. You even see a guy on video looking right at the barrel. Okay, so those two guns are not the same, um, and that was very strange. And it almost looks like they screwed up. You know, and this happens, by the way, I can tell you, I run a news organization, screw-ups happen constantly, right? So they screwed up. They were supposed to put a Manlick or Carcano there, and somebody put a Mauser there, and it was like, whoops. And so they had to switch it, and they said to the press, oh, I mean, nobody even asked, well, how come you said it was a Mauser, you know, on Friday, and by Saturday it's a Manlick or Carcano? But, but anyway, uh, so you got nothing. You got very little on Oswald, and, and, and there's no evidence, really, that he even owned a rifle. Uh, 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 although Marina, you have to know, Marina was being heavily pressured to say certain things. Sure. And she was supposed to say... And she was scared. Rifle. She was scared to death. She was 22 yeah. years old. Yeah, well, let me tell you something, George. I interview people now, and I just got back from Texas, and they're scared now. Still. Oh, they're terrified. That's I'm talking about the major people in this story are going to take this thing to their graves. Most people have died, haven't they? Uh, well, uh, there are quite a few uh, who are still alive, believe it or not, because they were you know, in their 20s at the time, and maybe now they're 80 or in their 80s. All right, anyways, put Oswald in that theater. What was that yeah. all about? So, so anyway, so, you, so basically you've, all you've got is that Oswald worked in a building that plenty of other people worked in, you know, they're saying that the shots came from there, but as you know, uh, when, when, when the thing began, most of the people ran up the grass, uh, toward that parking lot up, up ahead and thought that the shots had come from there. The, the overwhelming majority thought the shots came from there until the police said, no, we think the shots came from the building. <laughs> and then the attention shifted to the building. Now they, they found Oswald, you know this, that he was standing on the second floor in a lunchroom. They say the shots came to the sixth floor, but 90 seconds after the shots were fired, they run into Oswald standing by a Coke machine, holding a Coke, calmly, not sweating, looking absolutely normal, and he says, what's all the commotion? Exactly. 
Exactly. That's so I got to say, this this guy would have is the world's best actor and athlete to do that. But anyway, so they got nothing on this guy. Okay, now now that day that day sometime later the people leave they go home he leaves the building and sometime later suddenly you hear police officers shot well as soon as you hear police officers shot what happens is law enforcement goes nuts you know that's a special code uh, you know people start thinking that could have been me and they really get fired up so now whatever you know and by the way a lot of people in Dallas uh, uh, police and others did not like Kennedy I, I, I assume you know that there was a lot of conservatives there. They did not like Kennedy, and so you know, I mean, people made callous remarks after he was shot. There were there were schools where children cheered when they heard that he'd been oh shot in God. Dallas. Yeah, and 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 so you have to know that the police in general were not well disposed to Kennedy, who was already doing things for uh, racial uh, desegregation. This was a, a very very conservative place, mm -hmm. but anyway. So Kennedy gets shot, and it's like, oh, my gosh, Kennedy's been shot. Well, we didn't like him. But then they hear that one of their own, a police officer, has been shot. Now everybody goes nuts, okay? And they're all racing to the scene where this police officer was shot. Well, who shot the policeman? We don't know. And then suddenly comes the word, oh, a guy was seen going into a movie theater. Well, I mean, come on. Somebody's going into a movie theater? I mean, <laughs> why would you be suspicious? They didn't even know what he looked like. And what was Tippett shot by, a pistol or a rifle? He was shot by a pistol. Uh, and this gets into a whole other story. It's a long, long, long story. But basically, there are a number of possibilities here. Uh, uh, there is a possibility, uh, I think, somewhat remote, that uh, Oswald uh, uh, realized that he was a marked man and that there was a, uh, an effort to frame him, because you remember he said, I'm a patsy. Well, I'm going to ask you about that, because I have uh, ideas, and let's see if we can work on that. But go ahead. Sure, yeah, well, we'll keep this in mind, by the way. They all say, well, why did Oswald shoot Kennedy? Well, number one, everybody who knew him said that he, he loved Kennedy, okay? So that doesn't make sense. Number two, if he's a leftist, why shoot Kennedy, who is trying to have a rapprochement with, uh, with, 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 with the Soviets? So why would you do that, right? So it doesn't make sense on any level. Then people say, well, he did it because he wanted to be famous. He wanted uh, to be known to history. But then if he wanted to be known to history, why did he say to the police, I did not do it? That's right. I was a, which, which leads me to this question. With today's technology, and we've got incredible technology, can we take that audio clip where he says, I'm a patsy, and have them decide whether he's telling the truth or not with that clip? It's a great idea. You know, I vaguely recall... There's got to be some technology out yeah, there that, yeah. that instantly can tell you if you're telling the truth or not. Yeah, there, 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 there is a, a, a voice. Uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? There, there is uh, a, a technology they use to listen to a voice uh, to see if somebody's telling the truth. I thought I had had somebody do that some years ago. I'm going to have to go back and look at my notes. But I do know anecdotally that uh, when I presented that to people uh, who are experts, they said they had no reason to think that he was lying. See if you can find somebody, Russ. We'll pay for it. And let's see what uh, they might conclude. Okay, sure enough. Well, anyway, my, I just common sense. If this guy was trying to become world famous for killing the president, he said, I didn't do it. And he used the word patsy. You know, he, that's a very interesting word. That word specifically means I am being set up set for somebody up. else's thing. Exactly. He, uh, I'm, I'm not sure he knew what was happening, 
but they framed him. They used him. They knew all along they were going to make everybody see because it came out instantly, didn't it, in newspapers about Oswald? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They immediately, and by the way, they didn't give this guy a lawyer. You know, think about that. They did not give him a lawyer. And uh, he, you know, he asked, he wanted them to make a phone call to somebody. See, his problem was that if he was working, as, as I think he was, for U.S. intelligence, uh, he was set up for this whole thing. He was in that building because he was told to be in that building. He was told he was in there for some reason, but he wasn't told uh, that Kennedy's going to be shot or that you're going to be blamed for it. And so you could imagine... Uh, I mean, he was used to playing roles. He was a pretty cool customer if he'd already been uh, through uh, the Soviet Union and, and hadn't blinked an eye. And so he was able to stay. I mean, he wasn't screaming when he was in the building, but he was scared. and He was very, very nervous. He was very worried uh, about what was going on. But let's get back to the tippet shooting. So the tippet shooting happens. and They say there are these stories that a man went into a theater. Now, so what a man went into a theater? Uh, they didn't say, you know, a man went into a theater uh, uh, with a gun blazing. You know, they just said a man went into a theater. And the stories about the theater, this will all be in my next book when it finally comes out. All the detail of the stories about the theater are inconsistent, and they keep changing the story. Somebody says, oh, uh, uh you know, that, that, that the uh, uh, woman in the ticket booth saw him go in without buying a ticket. No, that's not the right story. Another story is that a man owned a shoe store down the block saw a fellow walk by and look in the window, and then was suspicious of him. Well, what, you know, any shoe store anywhere in the city, you're suspicious of a guy who looks in your window. So he mm -hmm. says that he went out of the shop, walked down the block, and and they claims that he saw this man go into the theater and that uh, called called police. So there's a lot of inconsistent stories about why you would even be interested in a man who went into a theater. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.